Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the media that created the collective unconscious of those who hate to love a Ryan Murphy production. I am Hannah Leach, multidisciplinary artist, audio producer, and advocate for Adam Lambert inclusion. And I'm Audrey Leach, director, editor, producer, and the next supreme, of course. We are the sister duo, also known as Two Pink Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these shows since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the media that first inspired our love for pop culture in an attempt to answer the question, are these shows actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we're ramping up to Halloween next week with our final spooky episode, Halloween Specials Part 2. If you ever catch wind of us sounding confused in the intro... It's because it changes too much. It changes a lot. We're second guessing. So many tiny things that need to change. I think what I need to do is I need to specifically bold the things that need to change every time. Yep. Because this time I was like, we're good. And we weren't good. Yeah. It's just one word this time at least. So, okay. Halloween. Pretty soon. Halloween's on a Tuesday this year, which sucks. So everybody, Tuesday. everybody does their parties the weekend before or, you know, whichever weekend is closer yes. to the actual day. Yes. And I know I've said on this podcast multiple times that my house was throwing a all three floors Halloween party. But guess fucking what? We got COVID instead. Well, Woo. you didn't. Well, Josh got COVID. But the thing is, we went to this giant wedding. And I before we went to the wedding, I was like, we're going to go to this wedding. We're going to get COVID. And then we'll go back. And I was absolutely correct. So uh, joke's on me. But Weddings are the breeding ground for COVID today in this day and age. It's so weird. I feel like it's weddings specifically. Because where else you've got people traveling I, I really yeah. think it's the meeting of the germs from like all over the country. The traveling. I think you're right. That's got to be it. Yeah. So this upcoming weekend is Josh's 28th birthday on the 28th. So it's his golden birthday. We're going to have a Halloween birthday housewarming party on his birthday. Hopefully people can still come. We're going to figure that out. Can I talk about my new hobby? Yes, but I don't know what it is, but yes. <laughs> okay. What are we obsessed with? I'm obsessed with watching movies. It turns out. I have come to realize that I don't think I've ever watched movies consistently as a hobby ever. 
I know. And it's really, I, I, it's one of those things that like, I couldn't communicate to you. You just had to find it for yourself. I honestly think, I know I shouldn't say this, but because a lot of the time for sleepover, it's like, let me rush and watch this movie at the last minute so we can do an episode on it. Like there's a part of watching movies that has been like tied to tasks, like, like doing work essentially. But ever since we got sick, well, the other week I watched A Star Is Born, the 50s one, because I just love Judy Garland. And then I watched The Love Witch and then I watched Misery and then I watched Blair Witch and Insidious back to back yesterday. And I'm like, oh, movies are really good. Actually, <laughs> There are so many movies that are really good and that you don't have to fight yourself to pay attention to. Because no, that's you, you had what's kind hard of for me. You created a narrative in your mind that maybe wasn't true. It was a bit of, I feel like it, it wasn't your like go-to thing you want to do. Like as a hot, like no. it wasn't. So like it never was. No, not really. And I don't know if it's going to become like my main hobby now, but like I think especially horror movies, they're so like engaging that you kind of have no choice but to focus on it. Like you're watching it or you're not. I'm ready to become a movie watching girl. And so is Josh. We kind of made a decision the other day. Like what if we just became people that watched movies and had fun watching movies? That's all I could ever wish honestly. Yeah. Well, I think we've, I think we've arrived. So (laughs) how are you? What's new in your life? What have you been thinking about feeling, obsessing over, et cetera? I'm still obsessed with Conan O'Brien. That's it. I I, I can't, like, I actually can't get over it. It's bad. (laughs) I've watched like every remote that he ever did on that show. And there's like 20 years worth of them. It's oh my God. Crazy. <laughs> I, you need to send me some of your favorites. Yeah. And I will enjoy. Yes. Okay. Well, if you don't have anything really burning in your heart, then we can just get into it. Our first episode is an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It is season one, episode five. It's called A Halloween Story. The synopsis is, when she's forced to attend a family affair, Sabrina sends a clone to Harvey's party, where the simple-minded stand-in, who can only speak three sentences, agrees to streak naked in order to liven up the festivities. Also to clarify, this is all on Halloween. And this episode premiered on October 25th, 1996. Going into this show, I was like, what do I remember about this? Because I don't have like a ton of memories with Sabrina, but this is what I remembered before I rewatched it. Weird animatronic cat. Second of all, Laugh track. Of course, I remembered Hilda and Zelda. I remembered Harvey. And I remembered mm-hmm. that at the end of the theme song, she would like have a different outfit and like say a different line every time. I kind of remembered this show more as um, like a 2 a.m. George Lopez situation. Yes. Like, yes. I think that we watched this show at Grandma Irene's because we also mm-hmm. watched Full House at Grandma Irene's. I remember watching Full House a lot at home, though, too. Like, I mean, both places. I think yeah. I first watched Full House at Grandma's house. 
But I feel like, yeah, I liked the show, but it wasn't particularly of our time. What do you think um, about the episode? I just had a lot of like universe questions that were things that I should have looked up, I guess. But I okay. Like, are they from outer space? Like that when they go in the closet and you know, transport to this party, their family's party, you can see planet earth out the window. And I was like, what does this mean? Cause they're all witches. I will say there is like a starry, like a starry sky motif with Sabrina a little bit. So the, one of the main things in this episode is that Sabrina's love interest, Harvey, is having a Halloween party at his house and she can't go to the Halloween party because she has to go to a family engagement because for witches, Halloween is like Christmas is what they're kind of getting at. Right. And I love that something edgy that Sabrina's double could do at this party to liven things up is streaking. And that it was supposed to be embarrassing from the point of view of the mean girl, but it was supposed to be kind of fun from the point of view of everybody else. And yeah. I was like, that just has not come up for me. No, in my life. I think that I feel like streaking was like weirdly, what's the word? Kind of like planking. It was like a trend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a thing in like the late 80s, early 90s, which would make sense. I would never go streaking ever. No, but like I have respect for those who would because- Me too. You do not care and I respect that. (laughs) No. I mean, like, should we all be at the point where streaking shouldn't be that deep? Yes. Yes, Definitely. But we're not there. I will also say, and this is kind of a little conversation we can have, Mm -hmm. which is- The scene with the Halloween party, when they're like, let's do something to shake it up. Let's go streaking. It made me think about the energy associated with high school Halloween parties. Yeah. I remember my junior year of high school, there was this girl, she was a year older than me. It was her senior year. She was good friends with Bridget, who is definitely listening. I'm sure she knows who I'm talking about. And she had this like very high production value Halloween party in her walkout basement. And I was like, sure that there was going to be drinking or like something, but there just like wasn't. But I feel like there probably was, but it was sneaky. Yeah. So my question is, <laughs> did you ever do a drinking Halloween? Not in high school. I was a goody two-shoes. Like, that just wasn't happening. But that's at the beginning of the school year. So, like, yeah. if you're going to get caught, like, there's potentially very high repercussions. Like, that's I feel true. like it's the springtime side where things get a little more... Loosey-goosey. Loose, because all the stuff is yeah. over for the year. In some ways, I think that's unique to Solon. yeah. Like, I think, and in other schools, it's true too, but like, okay, you know when people talk about just like skipping school or like skipping class, like just in life when people talk about it, I'm like, literally how? Well, let me just say something that I have noticed, like talking to other people about their high school experiences, not everybody goes to school in a prison building that is on lockdown, (laughs) like all the time. Okay, okay. Like people had lunch outside every day. People had separate buildings that they they would go walk to classes between. It could be very easy to leave. Some people were allowed to leave for lunch anyway. So like going to high school in a building like we did in Lake, like lake effect snow and like really intense winter. I feel like that contributes 
to the lack of being able to get away with things. I I also feel like doors were locked. Okay, yeah, this makes sense because if you go, if you live in a place where it isn't like ass cold all the time, like you could definitely get away with things more. Yeah, I mean, even people I knew that were like full-blown burnouts didn't skip class. No, because like we couldn't. It was like a full lockdown and they would call if you were not in the class, the attendance would be like, communicated to the front desk and then they would like cross check it and see if you, you know, like your consistency or whatever, and then immediately call. Like if you were missing. They would hunt your ass down. Yeah. Like for sure. My senior year of high school, I went to a drinking party and there are some really, really, really funny pictures from it that I will definitely send you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was like... One of those situations where it was like, no one can leave the house if they've drank. Like one person's parents is are there and making sure that like no one dies. Yeah. And well, that's um, nice. it actually was nice. And mom and dad were all, well, I don't know how much dad knew, but mom was like, just go and don't die. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember that. But I don't even think we've ever talked about that angle of high school, our high school experience when you started drinking and I had pick you up from parties. You couldn't have done it that many times or did you? No, it's probably like four. Yeah, not that many, but super memorable to me, obviously. I wasn't like actually that anxious of a driver, but I definitely was a new driver yeah. at that time, like very new. And I do remember one time where it was, I think, New Year's or something. It was just very icy out. And (laughs) I had like parked in the person's driveway, but it had like a slight downward I remember what you're talking about. And I was texting you like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And you know how like our high school car, it's like the the cool wind just blew right through it. Like there really was no insulation. No. And, um... Point is, you came out and started slipping and sliding down the driveway. And like the car also was kind of slipping and sliding. And it was just (laughs) scary. I remember that. Because I remember being like, she's going to think that I'm wasted. Yeah. But it wasn't that I was wasted. It was that the driveway was icy. You were just wearing those zero traction Uggs from Old Navy, probably. Yeah, I used to, I fell in those in front of people like four times. It was horrible because I didn't want to ever pay for real Uggs. I always, yeah. I had these shitty knockoff and ones. And you really thought you, you really thought you outsmarted everybody with this. Well, the thing was though, they were cool. They had like a toucan, like <laughs> like embroidered on them, and I liked that. The Uggs. One thing they got though, traction. And, and the old Navy ones just did not provide. You know, I cannot relate clearly as I <laughs> ate shit constantly in those Uggs. I think the last thing that I would say is just that Melissa Joan Hart is very cute. Yeah. And I was feeling kind of like, wow, I'm like really happy that they casted her. Gonna sound insane because she is thin, but I felt like she was not the same type of thin that they would normally cast. Like even her was like a little bit, it was like a normal person. I agree. And she also just felt very like kind of old soul-ish. I feel like everybody thinks that they're like lesbians, but they're not. Are they related? Yeah. 
They do. Okay. Because going into it, I was like, they seem like I wrote down in my notes, like gay aunts, but then I was like, I'm pretty sure they're siblings. There was like kind of some interesting commentary in that episode about them being single and stuff. Also, there was that part where Sabrina brings back her grandma from the dead and is like, grandma, I'm a witch. And then the grandma goes, as long as you're happy. Yeah. Like that felt like a coming out joke. And I thought it was funny. Yeah, there was kind of a lot going on in that single episode. Also, like we got to shout out to those visual effects. It looks really scary when the body doubles were coming together. Like the yes. way that they did that was alarming. Also, <laughs> Salem is really scary. Yeah, Salem is scary. But what I think they do a great job of is bringing in the real cats for certain shots. Like when they know that the face won't be seen, but sometimes like Salem will be talking and they've got the real cat in there and the actors are just like, what's that, Salem? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cute. I also have to say, I know this might be a hot take, but by and large, I would prefer this show over the chilling adventures of Sabrina any day because I fucking hate that show. I think a lot of people would agree with that. (laughs) I hope so. A lot of people do not like that show. At first, it was kind of like, we started watching it before the pandemic, and it was kind of like a hate watch. But then once COVID kicked in, I was like, I do not have room in my heart to watch anything that I'm not actually enjoying. Yeah. Like, so I, I had to stop. Okay, this show was pretty good. It is more about Halloween than some of the other episodes are, so... Uh, <laughs> yes. Let's get this show on the road. You look nice, Hilda. Pass the potatoes. Someone's in a hurry. Happy Halloween. Hold on. What color is my dress? Pass the potatoes. Hilda, you are in big trouble. Stupid double. Let's go. So this is really just going to be more of a little sidebar because neither of us have really a ton to say about this show, but we just have to give a loving regard to Scream Queens. Season one, episode three, it aired on October 6th, 2015. It's called Haunted House. And in this episode, Zayde makes a stunning announcement. Chanel concocts a devious plan. Pete and Grace visit a mysterious woman connected to Kappa's past. And Dean Munch struggles to keep Wallace University open. feels like undercooked, but also like Ryan Murphy run amok a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is our first moment actually covering (laughs) a Ryan Murphy thing ever. Opening Pandora's box. He had, and basically still to this day, has like full reign to do whatever he wants to the detriment of television sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. It's very much like we're going to make this for the white gays. Not Mm -hmm. the white gays, but the white G-A-Y-S. And the moments where they're having a lot of fun, like the opening of this episode, for example, where it's like- I love that, yeah. Yeah. It's like iPhone footage of Chanel, aka Emma Roberts, like shipping out 
shitty Halloween gifts to her, like, Instagram followers. I own Halloween. It's my jam. Halloween is the most important day of the year. It's the one day on the Gregorian calendar where you're allowed to go around terrifying children and not be branded a psychopath. Emma Roberts is like Ryan Murphy's muse, which is so funny to me, like with American Horror Story specifically. We will put a bookmark in that. The only other things I wanted to mention were that it's genuinely very funny. Mm -hmm. Some of the dialogue is very like, it kind of reminds me of like early Glee, like Sue Sylvester type comedy. It's just so ridiculous. I really loved in the opening when uh, one of the announcements was Chanel sends troubled girl moths. I thought that was really funny. Okay, point is very funny, kind of confusing overall. Love the dialogue, love the production design. It's all good. And Kiki Palmer, obviously. Kiki Palmer, Jamie Lee Curtis, et cetera. I've seen this replayed a lot on TikTok or on Twitter or other things. There were some promotional videos that the cast did back then where it's like all the girls, like the Chanel's together, being asked questions and stuff. And you can just tell how much they hate each other, actually. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like they, it's because Ariana Grande's got the special spot, Chanel number two, who gets killed off immediately, almost immediately. And like, they are just not mixing. Abigail Breslin, Ariana Grande, Emma Roberts, and Billy Lord. Those are like the four. They should just be happy that Leah Michelle wasn't there too. Yeah, right? And he created that environment. He's the the master of creating vicious, like, <laughs> vicious hierarchy amongst the yes. girls. <laughs> she saw the card. What card? No, she was like, well, that's how you know I'm not a cheater, because I saw the card and pretended like I didn't know. So I know you're not guessing honey I out didn't of see your head. Oh my, do you know how much honey I eat? <laughs> I think it was, like, what I liked about it was it kind of came, like, as, like, a, she, like, is, like, oh, yeah, this that, is I want right to see now. what you just said written on paper. Next, we are talking about Ugly Betty. This episode is called The Lion, The Watch, and The Wardrobe. It was season one, episode five, and it came out on October 26th, 2006. I can't believe we're finally talking about this show. Like, I I would love to do a full episode on this show. I don't know if we will, but I would love to because it's just so ahead of its time and it's so good. And I've been rewatching it. And I can tell you with 2023 eyes that that is the case. So before we get into our opinions, other than what Audrey just said, the synopsis for the episode is, it's Halloween and Betty is in for a series of frightful experiences, ranging from showing up dressed for the mode costume contest, only to learn there isn't one, to dealing with her growing attraction to Henry while a jealous Walter fumes, and worst of all, tracking down a watch Daniel left at one of his many girlfriend's apartments. He just can't remember which one. Meanwhile, Daniel pays a visit to his mom in rehab, and Wilhelmina is horrified to learn that she can't fit into a designer gown. going on in a Halloween episode. This is the one that is the least relevant to the holiday, but I really wanted to cover it just because it's time to talk about, like all the shows we're covering today, it seems crazy that we've never talked about them. Once again, the main character of Sleepover Cinema, 
Chris Shahadi loved this show in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And I always associate this show with him. And so I texted him and I asked him for a little testimonial about why he loves it so much. And this is what he said. Greetings, sleepover cinema fam. So I started watching Ugly Betty when it first came out in like 2006. So I was about 12 years old. And... I think, like, at the time, what I really enjoyed about it was, like, the elements of, like, like very successful, like, corporate New York City, like, aesthetics um, on top of, like, the very human element of, like, Betty Suarez being, like, I'm just, like, a normal girl just, like, trying to make it in this, like, crazy industry. Obviously, looking back now, I think what I really appreciated was, like, it really reads like a Ryan Murphy like production, but like way smarter and in some ways more camp because it obviously like is based off that Mexican soap opera, Yo Soy Betty uh, La Fea. And so it's like really overdramatic and campy in like a very fun way. And like obviously you have Vanessa Williams in it. It's just like the perfect combination of camp and seriousness in New York City, like, hustle culture. I think, like, when I started watching Ugly Betty, like, I I wasn't really aware of my sexuality at the time, but, like, something, like, bubbling under was, like, oh, I really appreciate, like, seeing Vanessa Williams, like, be absolutely fierce and ruthless, or seeing, like, Betty being, like, a completely unapologetic herself like I never really identified with like Justin uh while watching it in my like subconscious I was like oh this show is like so so fucking gay and that's why I really really love it so in some ways like I really do think that Ugly Betty may have been like my my sexual awakening not because I I saw anyone on it that was like oh this person's so attractive my awakening to gay culture I guess would be the best way to describe it. I would also like to say that, hi, sleepover cinema fam. Um, this came to the point where this is almost unpaid labor. So I'm going to start expecting a cut at some point. Um, whatever sponsor you have, Regal Cinema, you know, whoever's doing it, let them know. Like, pass along my email, my phone number, my representative will get in contact with them because it's time that mama starts getting paid. Chris, feel free to send us an invoice. <laughs> Whenever. It will not be fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> but you can try. But you can try. You can Take definitely me to try. Court. How about that? <laughs> Please. Other than my Chris associations, Mark and Delicato played Justin, who's a little gay boy. And Mark was very active on Tumblr. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he followed me. He went to NYU. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that he followed me back on Tumblr or something exciting in high school. And we watched all of Ugly Betty, I think, with our mom. I don't think we watched even close to all of it with her, but I think we started watching it with her. And then when Netflix started streaming, it was on Netflix from the very beginning. Okay. I would watch it before school. I remember now. It was like an early Netflix streaming situation. I would watch it literally at 5 a.m. because for some reason I decided that I needed to have perfect eyeliner or something. I don't know. I I can't believe (laughs) that you did that. I know we've talked about it before, but like it will never not shock me. Yeah. From the beginning of watching this episode, it struck me very crisply that this show is very much... Even with Daniel as a character in it, it feels very much like 
a love letter to girls, gays, and Latinx people. And I don't really know how much of a thing that was at the time. It just feels like it's made with a lot of love, even yeah. when there are jokes that are kind of like racist or like fatphobic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it never feels hateful, strangely enough. Also, I have like a tiny anecdote. The other day I was like listening. Have you ever listened to Jinx Monsoon's podcast? Weirdly, no. Yeah, I hadn't either. But I saw that she had one with Michael Yuri. And I was oh. like, oh, that's such a good combination. And yeah. in that interview, they talked about how he basically was supposed to be a day, like a day player. Like he was just cast as oh. Wilhelmina's, you know, assistant, like doing Botox or whatever. Oh. And because of their interactions on set and because of how she was willing to play with him, it like ended up getting him a series regular role on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and the the story was that like, he decided to make some choices, if you will, like in the, his first takes ever, which okay. were, he decided to copy every movement that she makes. Okay. And somebody told Vanessa Williams that he was doing that, thinking uh-huh. that she was going to be mad about it. Like, underestimating Vanessa Williams' reaction to that. But she like did the exact opposite and like loved it and then like worked with him even though she was her and Michael Urie was at the time like just some random actor. So that's really cute. Yeah. I also think I don't use the C word. It makes me feel weird. But Amanda is C wordy. Yes. For sure. Mm -hmm. It's the eyebrows and it's the headset. Yeah. And the way they do her eye makeup, I think also adds. Yes. Yes. And like the shorts and the wedges, can you get any more 2010? Yeah. Like you just can't. There's a really interesting arc in this little episode for Amanda. Yes, that is true. Um, Basically, she's been sleeping with Daniel and... Daniel realizes he lost one of his watches. Betty goes on this wild goose chase to try to find the watch only to find out that it was Amanda who had it the whole time, but she wasn't saying anything because she wanted to know if Daniel would remember and he doesn't. And that's a well-written little (laughs) plot line. Yeah. Betty and Amanda have like, I think one of the first like humanizing moments, if not the first humanizing moment between the two. But then of course, at the end of the interaction, she's like, forget this ever happened. Like this did not happen. Of course. Um, It's only five episodes into a very hearty series though. So it makes sense. This whole idea of Daniel sleeping with a different person every night in New York. Can you think of anything (laughs) more like, fictionalized New York than that? Well, maybe some, but like think of someone in his position, I think, who's like a Nepo hire type of thing. Like he's not actually, if he like actually worked his way to that position, he definitely wouldn't be able to keep up with that. But like, yes, it definitely is exaggerated, but I think like it's probably kind of real too. When I was like a freshman, sophomore, really a sophomore at NYU, I- I wanted that life for myself. (laughs) I'm not joking. No, no, no. I didn't like want it for myself, but I was like, it could be obtained. 
if you put all your energy into it, it could be. <laughs> Seems like a really bad time. Yeah. Mostly like really just bad drain, like really draining. Like what I was thinking when he was talking about that is like, okay, when do you sleep then? Because if you're never right in your own, like a lot of people can't really sleep well if they're not in their own bed. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, so do you just never sleep or what? Right. I just wonder like what you think about the concept of the show and how they decide to portray America Frera from the beginning to the course of the end where she's had this like makeover, but they try, they don't go too far with it either. Well, so I, I, when we pulled up the series, I actually went to the end to, to be like, is she like hot at the end? She's just like more polished. She's not, yeah, she's she's like polished. I feel like I would have to really rewatch it yeah. To like from beginning to end to really know, but like when you have a title like Ugly Betty, it just begs the question like, obviously, this will be a coming of age show just based off that title. Is it gonna? I mean, it's about internal transformation more than external, yeah. I'm sure. But I think her being called ugly is more about like the meanness of the world she's going into yeah. than like than her actually is. being ugly. But I yeah. think the it's more about the impact of her being a lead in a show called Ugly Betty. Like if you were like a little Latina in America, America, haha, and <laughs> you like finally encounter a show with like a Latina lead and it's called Ugly Betty, that could take the wind out of your sails. Yeah, right? It's just such a good show that ultimately it kind of makes up for it, I feel like. I mean, I agree. None of the characters are really done dirty, at least as Mm -mm. far as I could tell. I also thought that, like, the D plot of her dad using the social security number of someone who had passed away and, like, revealing that he's in the U.S. illegally, I thought that that was really well done Mm -hmm. and like a thing that white people in America need to see. Yeah. Even now, which is crazy. It's almost 20 years later. And I did write down one line that I loved, which was um, Hilda. She was like, Justin, stop it. There's no twirling in the armed forces. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Because he's dressed as Fred Astaire from On the Town, which is the kind of niche musical theater costume. Like, I've been there. Like, I dressed up as Shirley Temple specifically, (laughs) but I was really just wearing a sailor costume. I forgot about that. I, what did I think it was? No, she wears a sailor costume in one of her performances. Yeah. But I didn't even have a wig. Like there was literally nobody could have looked at me and thought, oh, she's dressed up as Shirley Temple. You're so right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like I understand him on on a deep level because I was also the kind of child that would wear a sailor costume that actually represents something else. (laughs) A niche musical theater reference (laughs) from the distant past. Let us know if you want a full Ugly Betty episode because yeah, I would get into it. I guess the only other thing is like, as we were kind of saying, like with the racism and 
fat phobia and stuff like Michael Urie in the poncho and mm-hmm. like like he dressed up as ugly Betty but like in the most racist way possible which is like very of the time probably accurate yeah it could have been worse mm-hmm. is all I will say but it wasn't great Hola, happy Halloween That is the absolute cruelest thing I've ever seen. Someone's getting a raise. Okay, so with all that being said, we're going to take our little break now, and I am about to get an education of... (laughs) Mass proportions. Of the highest caliber on Pretty Little Liars from Audrey and Hunter. Hunter, our designated expert on Pretty Little Liars. Yes, yes, yes. So we will be right back. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are about to get into Pretty Little Liars. Hunter has joined us to discuss this show. Um, Before we get into it, just so you guys know, the episode we're going to be talking about is season three, episode 13. It aired on October 23rd, 2012. And the name of the episode is This is a Dark Ride. And this is the description. Trick or treat, the Rosewood Halloween ghost train becomes one killer party in this special Halloween-themed episode. Plus, Adam Lambert performs. Got a secret, can you keep it? Swear this one you'll save. Better lock it in your pocket, taking this one to the grave. I had never seen an episode of this show until today. <laughs> what? Really? Okay, I have one memory of seeing maybe five minutes of an episode in high school laying on the ground of someone's basement. And this episode was not a particularly easy one to just drop in on. (laughs) No. No, absolutely not. I'm just going to treat the next few minutes here as like PLL 101. Just take me there because I have no idea what I just experienced. Do you know what the premise of the show is? I do know that. What is it? 
<laughs> it's like there's these there's these girlies and their friend Allison, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, disappears or is killed, and then they get like Gossip Girl style notes from A. Yes. Yeah. And then I know, and then I know that okay. The only actors' names I know, I know Lucy Hale and Ashley Benson, and I know that. Even though it doesn't really seem like it, Lucy Hale is with a teacher, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, that's it. And that's the all guy I got. in the episode specifically. Yeah, yes. but it was funny because at first I was like, that literally could be a teenager and I would buy it because everyone looks so right. old anyway, but then I put it together. Right. Do you want to talk about maybe like, Hunter, why you are an expert on this show? Yeah, like you how to. you got yeah, here? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't watch it from the start. Like I never, I didn't watch it. It started in 2010. I did not watch it then. I think I found it in 2013 on Netflix. I was like, you know what? It's time to start the show because everybody at school was always talking about it. I binged watched it all the way up to season four A is when I caught up to it in real time. And then I finished watching all the way through season seven. And we watched the finale at your house. <laughs> yeah, you probably didn't know that. We, like, in 2017. Yeah. The first time Hunter ever came to our house in Ohio was when the show Pretty Little Liars actually ended. And that's so funny. I have been so out of the loop on this show. Like, as we all know, it was a very popular book series. All the girls in middle school were very, very excited about this show starting. But for me, A Scaredy Cat, when that show came on, I was like, Oh, this is this is too much for me, which is really right. funny. And it's like not a mm-hmm. horror. No, it's literally not scary. No, mm-hmm. uh, at all. But the promos alone had me quaking. I was like, yeah. you know, I don't want to see girls get murdered or whatever. <laughs> Compared to like the other ABC Family stuff, it was like, yeah. All I remember is like girls talking about it at school. Yeah. And in particular, <laughs> I remember. Can I spoil it? I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Well, it's not even really a spoiler because it's not even true. It was just a reveal. Um, But the episode when Ezra is revealed as A, everybody at school was talking about it. And I was like, who is Ezra? I was like, why is everybody talking about Ezra? And then I was like, okay, I need to watch this show. Um, I don't really know how I found it, though. I think I just started it. And I was like, here we go. Yeah, I think it was last year. We, like, watched the whole thing from the beginning, Right? We didn't watch the whole thing, but Not we watched quite, a lot of it. But a lot. It was probably of it. like I've also rewatched PLL like between like five to seven times, maybe. And which he is why knows? I can just like pull plot lines from anywhere. <laughs> from yeah. He knows. Like we've been on walks. Like if we're just, I feel like we've been on walks in like New York City before, where like you've regurgitated an entire like, season to me. Oh my god! Wait, this reminds me of that time when Mona did this and this. <laughs> yeah. I used to live tweet PLL. Like you get the tweets are still there and they're so bad. They're all from like 2014 and they all just say like, no, hashtag PLL. <laughs> Cause it's like, I'm live reacting to the episode. There's just like, Hannah, are you okay? Hashtag a, <laughs> there's so many tweets, but I really liked the mystery of PLL. It was, I mean, people used to talk about like, the high level of fan engagement with the show. Like at one point it was the most tweeted about show ever. And that was like a statistic that they loved to promote that everybody was on Twitter talking about it. And everybody was on Tumblr with the 
A theories. Everybody was on Reddit because everybody wanted to solve the mystery. (laughs) Yes. Reddit. So we were like literally going through (laughs) frames being like that piece of paper was also went in a frame 10 episodes ago and Hannah was holding it, which means Hannah and Caleb know that blah, 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 blah. Everybody was obsessed with figuring out who A was. And so I think just the level of fan engagement made it so fun to like keep coming back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If the books were out already. It like completely. Wouldn't people know? No, because the show, well, it's like, I think the pilot episode stays pretty close to the books, um, but then the original A is the same as in the books, but then the second and third A are not in the books. It like completely veers away from the original Sarah Shepard story. What happened in this episode? Who are all these people? <laughs> like, there's so much making out. Mm-hmm. There's so many white people. Mm-hmm. I yes. don't know what I just witnessed it's so yes. but when she was locked in the box with that dead body yes. and she was like all the breathing I was like damn she was making a lot of sound did you That's clock right. yeah. did you clock that man though Hannah the dead guy no is it like a really deep cut individual kinda yeah is it from a movie that we've covered yes is it the love interest from Switching Goals? No. <laughs> it is a love interest, though. Who is it? A twist villain. Does that give you anything? He's Paolo. He's Paolo? In the Maguire yes. Movie. Yeah. Okay, that's what my brain went to, but then I was like, he's not a fake pop star. He's a real pop star. Well, but right, but you fake. find out he's, he just can't you sing. find out he can't sing, yeah. Right, exactly. right, 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 right. Okay. Well, also, the mean girl is one of the mean girls in Aquamarine. I know. That's a good one. I love I that I did fact. catch that. Wait, yeah. Okay, though. Tamon. Jenna. Oh, yeah, Tamon Sursak. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the eye patch. Yes. Okay. It felt like this episode mattered a lot. Did this matter more mm. than the average episode or were all episodes like this? Um, <laughs> well, Such a good question. <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, a lot of the ABC family television shows and PLL, they like would split their seasons up into like an A and a B part mm-hmm. just because there were like 25 episodes. And so this was season three. So season three A aired from June until August of that year. And then they took time off until January to bring in season 3B, which was the second half. So the Halloween episodes were always standalone, like to kind of give the fans a little something in between the actual season. So they tried to make them juicy enough that it was like fun and like anybody could kind of tune in and not give... Too like much special. plot relevance because yeah. it was super standalone. Um, but this one in particular, I feel like there were some big moments, but. Well, there's things that you just can't know about. Like you definitely can't yeah. just walk in and be like, hey, I know what's going on. Like the very beginning, we've got Mona in like an insane asylum and she's talking about how she right. loves Halloween. And, yes. you know, you kind of figure out by the end of the episode that she has, she was the one who was on the train causing some of this mayhem, havoc. 
at the same time, you've got a some kind of ghost girl in yes. in Hannah's right. mother's house. And that you can like completely ignore that. I don't even know what that is. I feel like it was. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of in there because it's spooky. Yeah, yeah. And like that literally doesn't really have relevance to the <laughs> plot at all. <laughs> yeah. Literally at all. In there. Do they ever acknowledge that Hannah's mom is like extremely fit? She is a mother. Literally, she is mother. She she's gorgeous. I love her. Yeah, on I was that like, show. With no context at first, I was like, "Who is that person?" Yeah. Like, didn't know she was yes. a mom. Didn't know who she was. She's got the and wig. It, right. And it's like sexy nurse. It was just yeah. confusing. But, if you saw okay. her in her normal drag, you'd be like, okay, I get it. I got it. My God. Oh, wait. Okay. So a few things. What do you think of Lindsay Shaw as Marlena Dietrich? I <laughs> love it. Vibe. <laughs> I love it. I loved that she walked in in that outfit. I thought it was mm-hmm. perfect. It kind of felt like they were there for no reason, but that's okay. Yeah. Also, well, to be all honest, the girls are together, you know, they got to show up every time. Yeah. yeah to be there. honest, it became hard for me to track all of the people. There's yeah. so many. Yeah. There's so yeah. many. But what did, you, what did you think of the looks, though? Were oh, you floored by any looks, of the looks? Yes, the looks were great. Actually, this, the notes I have, the first one is, is this just dot, 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 monologuing, referring to the Mona part at the beginning? And then the next note is just, OMG, looks. Because <laughs> they are really good. They're very of their time, which was like, when I was a senior in high school. So yeah. I'm aware mm-hmm. of the uh the vibe. The, I thought yeah, they like great. those those like Aztec print high lows. High low. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, those were just unavoidable. And like a wedge. A like, wedge, mm. a hat, unnecessary a hat. <laughs> yeah. Who's wearing a hat? Um Arya's wearing a hat oh, yes. in that first. She's scene. always wearing a hat though. <laughs> She yeah. loves an accessory. Yeah. Yeah. When they were, it was when they were walking down the sidewalk that it was yes. so yes. funny. I was yes. like, this is a catalog for just this scene. This is a catalog yes. spread. Yes. And then one of the other major things I wanted to talk about. So do you remember, well, Adam Lambert, that's a topic all its own. Yeah. But that, do you remember the moment where Arya like writes her name on the yes. train window? Mm. That has like an... It has a lot of lore attached to it, actually. Like yeah. fan theory lore. And so I want to expand well, it, on yeah. that. Yeah, just because okay. in the PLL fandom, everybody thought that Arya was A. That was supposed to be like the huge reveal. And there's like so many theories like through all of the seasons that point to why Arya should be, be and should A. Be. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that was that frame when she writes the last A in her name and she does like a little strike through. Everybody was like, oh my God, that's how A signs all of the notes. Like she oh is A. God. And that was just another piece of evidence. And yeah. to this day, whenever I see that part, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, she is signing it with a little thing. Like <laughs> she's still A. Well, and the reason it's like even more plausible, I think, is because the first A is written normally. It's only the second A that is written in the A style. Mm. 
maybe it was discussed. Maybe it was on purpose just to fuck I with know. people. I feel Who like they knows? didn't really want to break the the girl group up, though. You right. know, by making yeah. one of them the tormentor. Yeah. Yeah. And because, and you have no idea the things that A does to the girls for quite literally no reason or close to no reason, you kind of end up finding out. Yeah, the reason is really bad. Like, it's like if that was Aria, she would have to have had a mental break. Severe mental issue. (laughs) Like, Like at one point, my favorite episode of PLL is the finale of season five. The girls, okay, there's like so much to explain. <laughs> I'm excited. Allison, okay. okay, well, Allison is alive, obviously. She comes back to town in season, at the beginning of season five. By the end of season five, she has been arrested and is on trial for the murder of Mona. Who's the, Jade from the Bratz movie. Yes. <sighs> yes. Got it, okay. <laughs> and all of the other girls are also arrested um, to being like an accomplice to this murder. And on their way to the prison, A hijacks like the police van and kidnaps the girls and puts them in a dollhouse that they have created. They like replicated their bedrooms and he places them like in this little dollhouse just to mess with them. Yeah. Wait. And like keep Wait. them as like little dolls. <laughs> but it's is it so a- crazy. Oh, and all the parents are like, where did the girls go? <laughs> Wait, but how is it a dollhouse? How is it a dollhouse? Well, it's, it's like not scale. like a real it is yeah, it's, yeah, it's, to, scale. it's okay. to scale, but it's like A's like dollhouse because like the Because the dolls the are show. in the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dolls are in the dollhouse. Yes. Got yeah, it. the whole okay. motif is that, like, they're little dolls that A likes to play with. Yeah. Oh, right. Why did we pick this episode? Because it's a Halloween episode? Yes, and honestly, I was like, there's an Adam Lambert cameo. So at the very least, if you have, I kind of chose it for you. I was like, if, if you can take nothing else, you can see Adam Lambert performing. And yes. And that, I liked his little fangs. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that's a good touch. Yeah, I like yes. his fangs. And we were kind of wondering, like, is he playing himself or is he being, like, alternate universe Adam Lambert? It's a little bit unclear, but he is performing his own songs. So I yeah. think he just is Adam I Lambert. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, that's a really good point because when he goes and talks to Arya and she introduces herself but then you think that he's gonna do it back but then he never does does so you're like is it Adam Lambert or is it someone else like we don't know but that occurred to me as strange also I love Adam Lambert dedicates to a bit is the exact same in everything Mm -hmm. that he does Mm kind of love that I was going to say, has this piqued your interest at all? Or do you feel too overwhelmed? To be honest. <laughs> this is not a good episode to pique one's interest no. in PLL. But I feel like yeah. this discussion could be, like, knowing that there's so much more to it. I think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, you maybe. Are, you are a woman <laughs> Here's the thing. Who I has watched the- Secret Life of the American Teenager. I know. Well, this Get is the thing. It. This is the thing is that I'm intentionally trying to not do that again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like trying to not watch super long ABC family shows, which yeah. I didn't even get. It's a slog. 
I didn't get to the end of Secret Life because I'm doing the artist's way along with Audrey and they were like no reading week. And I was like, that means I got to give up uh, Secret Life. And I haven't even gone back to it since because I'm like, this show was like rotting my brain Where from did the you inside stop? out. I stopped at, <laughs> spoiler alert if you haven't watched, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Adrian is pregnant and like yes. Ben is finally being nice yes. to her, perhaps Pretty Little Liars. We will see. I'm not against it. And honestly, I'm happy it's, I'm just happy it's brought joy to so many people, including you, Hunter, with your over five times of rewatching. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot to track. Yeah. A lot of plot lines, a lot of characters. To to unbelievable degrees, really. Um, I, even that one episode, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a lot of people. Give me a hint. I will not give you a hint. We made a deal. You see my costume tonight at the party. What if we end up wearing the same thing? We are not going to be wearing the same thing. I promise you. Moving on to the grand finale of our Halloween specials part two episode. We are going to talk about American Horror Story. We're going to talk about episode four of season three. And the title of the episode is Fearful Pranks Ensue. The synopsis is, Fiona's choices rattle a decades-long truce between the Salem witches and Marie Laveau. The Council of Witchcraft pays a surprise visit to the Academy with disturbing allegations. And this episode came out on October 30th, 2013. Before we get into this, like, I just have to tell you guys, like, you guys were in high school when this was coming out. I was a freshman at NYU. This was the first semester of college for me. And I was in my, like, craft of dramatic writing class. I think there were, like, eight of us. And almost all of us, it was a really, really weird mix of people in the same way that like fall freshman year of college is like always a weird mix. But we would all go to Angela, my friend Angela's dorm and watch this show like as it came out every week. And it was like the first like scary thing that I ever watched. And I remember like being scared of the title sequence. Mm -hmm. No, literally. Yeah. Yeah, and being like, oh my God, like, is something going to pop out? Like, what's going on? Yeah. That freaks me (laughs) out. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. And uh, I don't know, like, I haven't kept up with American Horror Story, like, religiously, but that title sequence is, like, very scary. Do you, is it, like, one of the scariest, would you say? The title sequence? Yeah. That version of it. Yeah, I yeah, I would say, yeah, it's up there. Hunter came home and like I was watching th- this episode and or was, I don't remember what day it was, but basically you came in and he knew the name of the episode. I was like, oh, is this Fearful Pranks and Sue? Literally. <laughs> That's crazy. Because you just- I've ha- done my rewatches. You just, ha- he has like a, what's it called? Not photographic memory, but like- you, he like remember sequences of things like this that like I yeah. don't, or like, uh, um, like album track lists. 
Like he can just say the whole album mm. in order, stuff like that. Wow. And it's very impressive to me when you just like walk in and are like, a gift. is this fearful <laughs> pranks in two? Like what? Yeah. But I knew that it was, you were watching the Halloween episode. So, yeah. And I knew that the Halloween episode was called. Yeah. But I, why did you see? It's like, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known it was called that. You are hearing two people who are still watching this show today. We will mm-hmm. experience a delicate condition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how in American Horror Story, the fans made like the t-shirts that's like, we lived we, we lived through the murder house. We escaped yes. the asylum. We protected the coven. Now this current season is just called Delicate. And it's based <laughs> off a book called Delicate Condition. Uh-huh. So people have started saying, we will experience a delicate condition. <laughs> and it makes no fucking sense. Like, at least That's we really lived in the murder funny. house. We escaped the... Like, it and makes we, sense. I get it. What? Like, checked out the hotel? Yeah, we protected the coven. We <laughs> attended the freak show. We checked into the hotel. I don't know what Roanoke is. We don't know what cult is. Escaped the cult, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it's escaped Something the cult. Something like that. <laughs> no, we were pilgrims. That's, uh, that's asylum. We oh. escaped the asylum, oh. right? Yeah, the point is, there's one that kind of makes sense for every season, and then we get to this, and it's just... Yeah, now we have a season called Delicate. Delicate. I watched like five seconds of it earlier because I was like, and this is the thing is I know that everyone's doing the same thing because they're like, I have to see Kim Kardashian act. Like, yes. I have to do it. And so I did it for two seconds and was like, I would watch this probably. Is it bad? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yep. That's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and here's the thing. We've been on a, it's just, as, as happens with most TV shows, there's a bit of a slow decline and everybody knows that. But at this point, they're just not even doing, now it's just IP. It's not even like original right. for yeah. AHS. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's talk about Coven. Yeah. I was just going to say this came out before Tumblr died. And Mm -hmm, the way that, like, the look of this show and the styling of the show just had, like, a grip on, like, my pocket of Tumblr at the time, like, cannot be overstated. (laughs) Yeah, no, as we were watching, remember, like, when Zoe came on screen, I was like, oh, my God, this is black water that people were drinking. This is Polaroid photos. Yes. (laughs) This is, it's all of that. Yes. Yeah. American Apparel. I wasn't watching AHS, but I was very much familiar with right. the aesthetics. Right. And like knew about it, but I was kind of actively avoiding yeah. it at the time. The hat, the, yes. the wide brim hat and that one outfit she wears is so. Like the long straight hair. Like yes. the really yes. long straight hair. Yeah. 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 And just like being skinty. That's Lana Del Rey. She's listening to Lana Del Rey. Seriously. Yes. So obviously this came out. 10 years ago, almost to the day, which is super weird to think about. And just like so much has happened in America with like race relations, but also just like Mm -hmm. awareness of race and also like white people making stories about blackness and like who makes these stories and like how they're executed and everything. And I remember watching this season 10 years ago and being like, oh, like there's racism in this. Mm -hmm. But then watching it this time, like, because this episode opens with like these white Southerners like tracking down this little boy and killing him. Oh yeah, it's like horrifying. 
Yeah, in like very, very, very vivid detail. Yeah. Um, along with like and it's all like of the intercut with Angela Bassett, like right. drawing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And also, like this season opens with the whole like torture chamber oh at God, like the yeah. antebellum like party yeah. thing mm-hmm. and so I was just like holy shit like I can't believe this was on TV they also like say the n-word like basically immediately yeah. mm-hmm. um and I was just like whoa like they were really, really making intense. this yeah yeah so I was like I was like I wonder if there have been like retrospectives about this season or like what I'm how sure, it's aged yeah. or hasn't aged. And mm-hmm. honestly, most of what I found was like black writers even 10 years ago being like this is a lot. Why is like Gadbury Sidibe like having sex with a minotaur? Like why is it like we both need to be loved whatever. So, I found this uh, this quote of from Gabrielle <laughs> just talking so about. Crazy. Yeah, it's I feel so like that crazy. part always confused me. I like I just know. always forget about that part because yeah. I'm like, I don't even know how to how to process so, again to understand so that. Ridiculous. So ridiculous. <laughs> Basically, this interviewer asked her, like, "Is this season hard for you and Angela Bassett?" Essentially, and this is what she said. I can't speak for her, even though we have talked to each other about the racial aspect of this season. I will say this. During the first episode, there is a scene in Madame LaLaurie's torture chamber where she imprisoned her slaves. I went to see the set because I heard it was really cool. I stepped in and saw those actors in cages and tattered clothes and saw the special effects scars on their bodies. I lost my breath and started having a minor panic attack. And after only a few seconds, I had to leave. I didn't see actors playing on a set. I saw reality. I saw history. My history. My mother, my father, my entire family, and everyone I knew. I later threw up. I can't say that it resonates deeper with me because I'm Black. It resonates deeply with me because I'm Black and because I'm a human being who has love for my fellow human beings. But I can't say it's deeper than anyone else just because I'm Black, only because I know that it also resonated deeply with Kathy Bates as a Southern-born white woman. That's such a weird point to end on. Um, Hmm. I I can, like, sense how much she feels she probably had to tiptoe. Yeah. She does, because at the end of the day, like this is an actor who has gotten this great job. Yeah. And so, and there's so much of that. That is something that is happening right now with Ryan Murphy stuff is like, Mm. did you see all that Angelica Ross? Yes. um, Oh, remind me. Angelica Ross decided roughly around the time that this newest season of AHS premiered, she decided to just publicly tweet and also verbally said that Emma Roberts had been transphobic to her on set before. And least surprising thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like this moment that just is a bad look for Emma Roberts, regardless of if she meant it or not in conjunction with that story was also talking about how Ryan had hit her up in the past to be a part of it was supposed to be, he was like, I have this idea about like an all black, like American horror story season where it was like, it was mm-hmm. going to be her and like a bunch of other black actors and that like, he's worked with. And it was yeah. going to be like the season that he wanted to pitch. And then he like ghosted about Angelica. it. Yeah. And then but, it just never happened. And she uh, sent him like follow up emails and he, compl- he just did not respond completely ghosted. And the most incriminating part of that is the date on the emails, which is summer 2020. 
Yikes. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yikes. And it's like for everything, like with Glee, with all his shows that he has been able to like break through a lot of walls with his casting, which is, which right. is great. But what about their lived experience? Right. Yeah. That's yeah, important. I think that especially, I mean, I don't know, as someone who recently got through most of Glee um, (laughs) and watched this show, like, I do think that his shows have such a big platform that it would be hard as any sort of minority to, like, really fight about any of it. Yes, totally. Yeah. Especially looking back at, like, Mercedes stuff and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Tina Cohen Chang. Yeah, I don't know. I guess with this season specifically, I'm like, I was a white person watching this and I did not learn anything from it 10 years ago. It was just like, racism exists. This is a scary movie. Like, this is a scary show. Like, they're also very much like, I don't know, the whole race approach in this show in general, I think is interesting because it's Mm -hmm. like, obviously the black witches have been wronged, but they kind of frame them in like, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, because I didn't watch the whole thing, very much like like they're on equal footing. Is that accurate? I would also need to rewatch the whole season yeah, to really to gauge like power dynamics. But yeah, I, it's like neither of them are the villain necessarily, you yeah, know? Yeah, neither of them it's are like the It's like neither villain. group yeah. necessarily. And then at the end of the season, they're like all together working against something. I'm like forgetting the end of the season. What happens? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Like oh, because the witch hunters come in and then the witch hunters like kill all witches and then they like band together right. to kill all the oh, witch hunters. Oh my God. Right. Then all lives matter. Very all yes. lives matter. Yes. <laughs> funny. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Ryan I would- Murphy is just not afraid to completely dive into the most he tackles it very head on. The He's most like, I'm doing this. Uncomfortable history that we yeah. have. This is real history. Like, there right. are other seasons of AHS where it's all based off like legend or myth, or it's not very right. grounded necessarily yeah. in right. real shit. But yeah, this, this is the only season very, where it's like very grounded yeah. in history. Yeah. Like yeah. the other seasons, like, there's a season about apocalypse and it's like oh. yeah <laughs> an apocalypse. yeah and they always That's, have elements of like true history you know right like, that was kind of like the initial idea of american horror story yeah. was that it was mm-hmm. like using like real u.s history and kind of fictionalizing some elements yeah. like in the first season it was like a lot of los angeles crime history is involved in that season mm-hmm. like Asylum is about like real elements. The asylums in Massachusetts that used to do lobotomies on people. Like there's a lot of history throughout the show. Not anymore, but it's not anymore. It's kind of crazy that it's like the horrors of slavery is just like a thing thrown in there, especially in a season where there are witches. It's just Mm -hmm. and it's like it is a horror show, but like the torture and stuff, but it's also Mm -hmm. like happened. Yeah. 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 It's just like Uh, a really bold claim to make or like statement to make with your show that you're, it it kind of says that you're putting some things on the same level that really are not at all on the same level. Yeah. Like other real elements of American history that are placed into the show. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I will say like, 
obviously all like there's so much to talk about there. None of us are the expert in this area, (laughs) but I think it's worth acknowledging and talking about, obviously. It'd be weird to talk about this episode without talking about that. Yes. R.I.P. to Leslie Jordan in this episode. So sad. Like he was so perfectly cast in this episode. And I also love that he like is so supportive of Fiona being the supreme. (laughs) (laughs) It's just really cute. And I love him. He was like one of my favorite like personalities Mm -hmm. in media. I will sing the praises though of the original DP and Michael Goy. The original artistic direction of the show visually was so well thought out and lovely gorgeous compared to you know maybe what it has become and also they filmed they they did shoot on film for the first four seasons five seasons five seasons Mm -hmm. um and then switched to digital and that's always sad that's always a sad transition it happened to a a lot of shows when you said i'm gonna sing i thought you were gonna say (laughs) 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 oh my god one of the best like (laughs) Themes in American yeah. Horror Story. Because you would sound good singing that, Audrey. Oh, thank you. That's like your that's like your shit. That exact you, is yeah, that phrase. Is that you? I'm serious. Me? Yeah, that's the invitation. I mean, you can. You that's do like, it okay, the <laughs> It can be your tag. Oh yeah, I'll do it as the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprise, bitch. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. We talked about a lot here today. I think maybe a nice way for us to wrap up as we approach Halloween. Hunter, I know you're a big Halloween person, a big horror movie person Mm -hmm. that's rubbed off on Audrey. It's, Mm -hmm. I think, I've always had it latent in me, but it's growing, as you know, with all the movies I've been watching lately. What is your favorite thing about Halloween, about scary things? Like, what keeps you coming back? That's just so, like, quintessential to his to your like core like that's I know. a hard question I'm like every day is a day for a horror movie it's not just Halloween it's like we're watching horror all oh. the time yeah I feel like I just like being shocked all the time that's why I love <laughs> horror movies is I like yeah. being surprised and nothing's ever yeah. shocking enough yeah nothing like, is shocking never. enough I just like seeing <laughs> something that is so far from reality like I just want yeah. something so crazy yeah. And that's, I'm like, I need to watch every horror movie to find the most shocking thing that I can find. Yeah. When you watch <laughs> horror movies, are you like eyes wide open, like ready for it? Yeah. Or do you brace yourself? Oh, yeah. Uh, No, I brace myself. Yeah. I brace myself. But that's like what's fun about right. horror to me. It's like I like being scared. Like that's the point is that I want yeah. to be scared. Audrey, what do you think? How have you ended up here? <laughs> in what, like obvious, what? like obviously, Hunter has influenced you to enjoy yes. horror. But like, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, like you're you were a scaredy cat, and maybe still are in some ways. Like, what is the hump yeah. that you have gotten over? Like, how did you get there? I guess exposure therapy, <laughs> and also like I never really was the type to like have nightmares. From mm-hmm. horror movies, like I, it didn't haunt me for days or anything. It was more just like 
the next hour and a half, I'm going to be kind of looking around the screen and not yeah. at the screen. Yeah. And so for me, like before I started watching, because now I just have a pretty good sense of the genre as a whole. And I can like compare movies and like talk yeah. about it more from like a film standpoint rather than just this is like a ride I'm about to go on. And it can be very fun. Just yeah. like analyzing any movie is fun. I'm just down now. Yeah. I'm just like down to take things in. Yeah, I feel like it is just exposure therapy. It's yeah. like you watch enough. It's like, oh, um, most like, horror movies are pretty similar anyway. So it's like you see yeah. enough, you can kind of know can, what to expect. Mm-hmm. Once the fear of the unknown is gone, for the most part, it's like yeah. you can't, yeah. it, it can't hurt you. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. Um. I'll say this year is definitely the year that I am watching horror movies. Like I've been texting both of you guys like, what's next? What should I do? I'm in the Halloween spirit more than ever Mm -hmm. because of getting into these movies. So good. Hell yeah. And watching all the shows today. I watched every single one of these shows today before we recorded. So (laughs) I am immersed. (laughs) She is wired. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. Okay. So all this being said, Hunter, before you depart what's happening with your film i heard something exciting is happening from the flesh will be having its first la screening at the holly shorts monthly screening series on october 30th 7 p.m at the chinese theater um it's going to be a part of like a selection of a bunch of other short films um but it's going to be really fun is at the Yay. Chinese theater. Yeah. Which is like the iconic one you think of. It's like it's the that theater. one. Um, it's like so the one they have really in the cool. theme parks. Like they reconstruct Yeah, the it. one that exactly. they reconstruct. So, and it's a horror short. So that's very on theme for what we're talking about. If you happen yeah. to be in the LA area, I've met some listeners recently now that we live here. Like it's very fun. So I know that some of y'all listening are here and it would be fun (laughs) come to the chinese theater yeah Yeah. take lots of pictures sweetie Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay this is like a niche request but i I was thinking about how good you are at making like a blood like a bleeding out sound effect could you do it's not really like bleeding out the the knife slit i need to like get into character hold on He's so good at it. Oh, it's like if you get stabbed in the stomach or something. Yeah. (laughs) When I hear that, when I hear that in stunning, like, deep, like, SM7B audio. Oh, yes. I will be touched, I'm sure. That was good. Good job. Uh, I just had to It's very guttural. As always, you can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover-cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingproductions.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. You can follow me, Audrey, at Audrey A. Leach on everything. <laughs> you can follow me, Hannah, at Real Judy Garland on Instagram and at Lana Von Trapp on Twitter. And you can follow me, Hunter, at Hunter C. Livingston on Instagram. Or you can follow From the Flesh at From the Flesh Film on Instagram. If you're not in our Discord server yet, 
this is your invitation. Go to the episode description and click the join server link. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. And if you love sleepover cinema, share an episode with a friend, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, etc. And we're always open to requests. So slide into our DMs and let us know what movies, albums, or TV shows, or games that you would like us to perhaps talk about. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. La, 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 la. <laughs> What's fresh. after that? La, 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 Surprise, bitch. Hello. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.